Cool. We're live, dude. Sipping that fucking... Sup, Jay? Sipping that green tea. <laughs> Body of a god. In a red cup. In a red cup. <laughs> Can't see that, man. It's fucking black and white on your end, but I'm liking the look. Yeah, well, I've <laughs> travelled back to the 1940s. <laughs> well, do you know what? Touching on that, um, I watched that uh, TV... Well, that film you recommended, The Phenomenon which I always struggle to pronounce, um, kind of about UFOs, not necessarily about aliens. However, some people do say they saw aliens in the uh, film. And it was interesting. Yeah. Well, the thing is with, with, um, with it was that some of it I believed when it was talking about UFO stuff, but then when people were giving their encounters with the aliens, I was like, nah, nah, there's no way. Oh, which one? Um, it was near the end, and basically, they said something along the lines of like the aliens waved at them back, like they waved at the aliens, and the aliens waved back, and then they like shut off. And I was just like, nah, I can't believe it. Like, I don't know why it just seemed like a, uh, a corny kind of bit of bullshit where they're like, oh yeah, we saw the aliens, and then they we waved at them. And- they waved back, and it was so great. And I, I think it was in Australia or at a school or something. I was just like, yeah, oh. you're talking about the one where the the craft was like floating, and they come out of the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I, mate. I don't know. I mean, I can't say whether it happened or not. Maybe they exaggerated a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people are sharing the story, which is. It's fine, like that that kind of gives it some credibility that a lot of people are saying the same thing. But I just you know, the aliens come out the top, oh we waved at them and they waved back. And then I can't remember there was one woman that like walked into the woods and met the aliens and I'm just thinking, Of course, like of course you did, like of all the other people, they, they only saw a little bit, but you you managed to walk into the woods and, and actually meet them. And it just, it always, I'm always a bit like cautious with people that are like overselling their story. You know, like I had the best experience. Um, yeah, I mean, with like UFO stuff, always got to be skeptical, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe but, it is. Well, you know, like that guy who done the, the fifth encounter or whatever it's called um, with the meditation oh, app. Man. Yeah, with the meditation app. Steve, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. Yeah, and I'm just like, I, I, I'm following what you're saying, and there might be an element of truth there. People can call out bullshit. But then he's like, oh, one time I was on like the top of a mountain or a cliff meditating, and we, we, we became one. We like synced or something like that. He like, and he's the only person that's had this like experience, you know. He became one with the entity. And then he's like, yeah, and buy my app for 10 quid and I'll show you how it's done. And I'm like, it's too convenient that you're the guy selling the product and you've had the best experience. Do you know what I mean? It's like me selling fitness gear and I'm like, yeah, you will buy my fitness gear and you all look good, but I look great because of my fitness gear. So you don't need to buy it and it's going to make yeah, that's you pretty much, That is the fitness industry, right? <laughs> oh, mate, if you go on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. yeah. yeah. Like, snake oil salesman. Yeah, oh mate, the, the fitness industry on Instagram does my head in. It's like we've got resistance bands. 
these are the best resistance bands. It's like fuck off. Like they're, they're the same. Like all they are what is endorsed by you. Yeah. It, what makes them better though? Well, that's the point. Like nothing. Like they do the job. You know, whether you've got shitty um, kettlebells or you've got fucking on it kettlebells or whatever. I don't know. Like they they do the same thing. Their weight, like, and they're going to work. Weight is weight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the same as chin up bars. Like, yes, okay, I want a good chin up bar because it's got to hold into the wall. But if it screws into the wall and it's stable, which is what a ten pound one is, and what maybe a thirty pound one is, it's made of plastic. Yeah, it's going to do the same thing, right? Like, I'm not going to do four chin ups on the shitty bar that cost me a tenner, and four chin ups on the bar that cost me more money, and look any fucking different because of it. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, Well. The guy, the uh, the documentary with Stephen Greer, I can't dismiss the videos people took though, because it's legit. Mm. People seeing shit when they've uh, used the meditation or whatever. Yeah, I mean that's, that... hard, uh, that's hard to like discount. You know, I just can't. Who knows, mate? Like, I have these experiences myself, and I haven't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Stephen Greer, I think he's a little bit, he's in it for the money. If it was so important, why charge for the app? Just let's use it for free. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and that's my problem when it comes to a lot of these things. It's like, yeah, we'll give you all this for free. Like, we want to change the world. Okay, I believe you. But then it's like, yeah, we want to change the world. It's so important. We need to do this. It's so important. But you've got to pay 10 quid for it. Right. And like I've seen the app because I didn't bought it. Um, and uh, it's just a bunch of uh, noise samples. Exactly. So what? it's not it's not like it's hosted on a like a it's not like a game where it's hosted on a server that has running costs. It's just a bunch of uh, audio files. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing as well, like just put it in a Dropbox. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ten pounds per month as well, isn't it? Or is it a one-off? I can't remember. I believe it's a one-off. Okay. Just put it on GitHub. Yeah, you know, and get it for free. <laughs> yeah, Doctor well, Stephen GitHub. And and that's my problem with these things, man. Like, I I I agree with you. When you look at the evidence, you know, I'm not I'm not an expert in UFOs or anything like that. I can only go with what I see and what I feel. And when I look at that shit. It's hard to explain. And then you've got Navy pilots, you know, colonels, rank high-ranking officials also saying, you know, this shit is weird. We've never seen it. It moves in a way we we can't describe. It moves at this pace. And then you've got people that are trying to debunk it going, yeah, that, that was just the bird moving really fast out of camera. Oh, you mean like Mick West? Yeah, I mean... I've had him on the podcast three times and some of the stuff I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Like you've, you've debunked that point to an extent, but then other times I'm like, you do just debunk stuff for the sake of debunking stuff. Like almost as a way to be like controversial, like is there nothing you don't believe in? I don't get it at all. Like JFK. He always uses mental gymnastics, don't he? Hmm. And he always, everything is, has a, an answer, even stuff that the officials couldn't prove. He's like, yeah, it was this. You know? <laughs> it's like, people, so, yeah, that, you know. 
people that are, are like they know what they're on about you know they know what they've seen they're experienced officials in their roles and it's like they can't prove it but you can yeah uh, and yeah. it's like well you're in you're in the wrong job mate like you could be earning 50 60 70 grand a year like telling these officials what it is rather than well he's minted anyways but you know what i mean like you kind of got to think to yourself there's certain things you're trying to debunk fair enough but it's been looked at probably and it's not logical or reasonable because of all the fucking science that supports it yeah the only opinion i agree with him on is flat earth but that's so bait it's so easy so yeah i mean i read um I mean, I read something a while ago and I spoke to uh, Billy Carlson from Forbidden Knowledge when we were talking, and I, fucking, that was ages ago now, you know? Um, and he was saying, like, Flat Earth is a, a, an op that's been put in to create diverse, like, division within the conspiracy theorist realms, you know? So now you, you're partially a conspiracy theorist if you believe in logical conspiracies which do have elements of shade to them. But then you're not conspiracy theorist enough if you don't believe that the world is flat. Well, the rumor is it was it was 4chan that really got it going again. I love that because 4chan started QAnon. <laughs> I know so, people people are all on that hype as well. I mean, don't get me wrong; yeah. like, there's information out there to be found, like, but. 4chan definitely is such a troll uh, site and yet people seem to run with these things because they make sense. Do you know what I mean? Like you posting your Elden Ring Saturn theory. I'm sure there's people reading it who are uh, down that rabbit hole going, that makes a lot of sense. And if I like... want it to be right though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you just spun then it. I can be like, huh? You just spun it in your room. Like you just went... I'm going with it and just started typing it. Like, there's no, there, there's basis there based on like symbology and, and what, what's been looked at that's inspired it. But there is an actual, like, something you can go, this is 100% true. Yeah. Well, I just thought, like, I'm not going to go for the obvious and it's like an actual ring because that's too much like Lord of the Rings to me. Mm. And, I watched the trailer and I thought, well, what are they looking at? Is it the sun? What, like, did something blow up? No one knows, you know? It could be, like, literally something that's not even physical. It could be, like, a group of people, group of old, elden people that form this circle and they all die. Who knows? I'm excited for that game, man. I want that trailer badly. Just give it to me now. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that are buzzing for it, and we've heard nothing since twenty June twenty nineteen. I think, yeah, that's a long time. What, year and a half. Just gonna add, add some gain to your audio, I think, because uh, it's just a little bit low from what I can tell. So sorry if anything. Up. it should be all right now um yeah i mean going back to uh phenomenon when you've got high-ranking officials who are experienced in their work talking about what they're seeing and what's happening and what they believe 
it has that has credibility to it 100 percent. like you can't disregard that and the problem i think we have as a society is we always think ufo aliens it doesn't necessarily have to be the case maybe it's you know extreme russian technology or extreme american top secret technology from area 51 like we don't know that it's definitely beings from another world it could just be a drone i mean look there's footage of stuff out there that they're definitely not made of like metal they look like creatures mm. you know like the weird worm shit that people have recorded in the strange orbs that just like crash into each other and like explode into a hundred others. It's yeah. like, maybe it's not even from this fucking universe. It's from another dimension. Who knows? You know? And that's, um, I think an important like headspace to get into is that I think so many people were wired in thinking that this is it. When there's other frequencies and waves out there that science backs like, and talks yeah. about, do you know what I mean? It's not like, Oh, that's where my tinfoil hat. What are you on about? Another universe? Like, no, there is credible science out there that has tried to, in some way, explain that there are different dimensions and and other things. That yeah, are NASA there. come out and said they found evidence of other dimensions. NASA, you know, I'm sure they probably found it a long time ago, but yeah, that moon landing, though. <laughs> yeah. Stanley Kubrick, what are you saying? It made six moon landings. <laughs> Joe Rogan, the great denier now, like, there's a lot of stuff I don't know about. It's like, you, you was like a massive advocate for we didn't go to the moon, and now suddenly you're like, I don't understand space. Maybe we did go to the moon. I'm like, yeah, mate, that paycheck, boy. <laughs> if you don't like that, turn <laughs> off your station. <laughs> Quality, you know. I don't know. I don't I, watch. Go on, uh, sorry. I was going to say the same don't thing. Hardly watch Rogan. That's it, mate. Like since he's moved to Spotify, I'm the same, and I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I don't know the numbers and, and the streams and whatever that he's getting from Spotify. I doubt they're published anywhere, and they probably are actually. But it's like since he's moved off, I'm. I'm it feels very um, corporate. You know, even like on Instagram, yeah. I follow him and like his little um, posts that are from previous podcasts. They've got like the Spotify logo and the guest name and that font. And I'm like, yeah, that's all cool. It just seems very corporate now. And I, I preferred, you know, Alex Jones coming on and just going, America, 1976. <laughs> I'm just like, go on. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Alex. You know, and it just seems very corporate. And, and the world that we're moving into now is is weird as well because when he did have Alex Jones on recently, you know, Twitter trended and they're like, Joe Rogan uh, shares platform with right-wing extremist Alex Jones. Spotify employees want to quit. And I'm like, why are we entertaining this? Just let them quit. Like, well, Joe Rogan always said... Uh... He he's so happy how his channel's always been owned by him. Mm. You know, it's always been his thing, even though he hosts it on YouTube. Like he was in control, and I feel like now it's with Spotify. Like he is owned. Yeah, you know, 
they obviously get a say in what he does. For a hundred million beans, they're not going to be like, yeah, 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 like we don't care. It's like, no. Nah. I'm going to say yeah. this directly to the camera. Spotify, if you want to sign me up for 25 million, I will spill and shill as much garbage as you want. <laughs> sign me up. This is my message to Spotify. Sign me up. We're going to get this as a clip, and I'm going to tag Spotify and just say, sign me up, whatever you want. Send me the script. I'll read it. It's fine. 25 million. I'm selling out. I'm done. <laughs> Here's the thing, yeah. Right. So Spotify buy Joe Rogan out so they can keep him exclusively on their platform because they want to get more people to join Spotify, right? But do you not think, like, I can't see anyone being like, well, maybe a small percentage of his fans would be like, all right, I'll go to Spotify to watch him from now on. But, like, they forget they're about music. Mm. I don't fucking go on Spotify for podcasts. I've got a podcast app for that. So how many people... Like, he must have lost a lot of people. He hasn't gained uh, more people, I think. He must have lost more viewers, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I'll throw in a, a curveball, and I think, personally, it's because um, he's moved to Spotify now, it's about the guests. So if he gets a big guest on there, you know, like when Mike Tyson was on there recently. Works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so. When Mike Tyson was on there recently, when he had moved to Spotify, um, it, I'm sure that was uh, when he was doing Spotify and YouTube. But that was, like, enticing. Like, okay, I'll just listen to it on Spotify as I drive to work, and I don't need to watch it. I can just listen to it. It's great. But then when, yeah. when you're getting other people on there, that I, you know, personally, I've never heard of, and probably a lot of people have never heard of, it's like, do I really need to go to Spotify to watch this when I can just go on YouTube and watch a clip of the best parts that I want to see? Well, I managed to get a, um, is it RSS feed? Mm. Is that what you call it? Yeah. I managed to find a link to his RSS feed, um, Joe Rogan's, and put it in my Apple podcast app, and now I've got them back without having to go on Spotify to watch it. Because with Spotify, you can't turn off video. Yeah, which is annoying. So if you lock your phone, there's no video. But I just I want it in audio, so it's, it's a lot easier. But um, I just don't see the benefit. I know he got paid 100 mil. Who's going to say no? No one. Fine. Fair play. But what is the actual benefit to fans of the show? Yeah, and I think that's the... The other point as well is like, don't forget your following. You know, I mean, a hundred million, fuck it, <laughs> whatever. You know, but at the end of the day, you shouldn't. You sh- you have a core following who, you know, for me, like I stumbled across Joe Rogan's podcast because of conspiracies he was talking, and now yeah, it's like good. it's a very it's a very <clears throat> rare thing for us to see him doing a conspiracy like documentary i mean don't get me wrong he talks against the narrative sometimes like he'll be like oh yeah covid19 um and then he'll have professionals that talk about it etc etc but at the same time it's like it's not the same i'll need something yeah grasp my issue is every episode now is about politics Mm. or covid that's that's it He'll get someone on occasionally and the whole subject's totally different. Like, 
Graham Hancock and the, uh, can't remember the other guy's name, but they were talking about hallucinogenics in like ancient civilizations, the ancient Greeks and all that. Really interesting, but mostly it's just, uh, you know, politics, left and right, blah, 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 Trump, blah, 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 COVID. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just boring. I know. I mean, he gets the luxury of being able to have those conversations to an extent because YouTube's obviously in the areas at the moment of blocking certain words that are being said, you know, certain conversations. And I guess with Spotify still has that element of free speech. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, I don't even know nowadays what's censored on YouTube, which I just go for a conversation and hope that (laughs) hope for the best you know obviously like it's it's annoying i know they took down a load of videos recently of people drinking like videos that have been up for like 10 years they just all of a sudden took them down just drinking alcohol i don't i don't understand the the concept there like i don't get why media and tech and everything seem to want to push everyone to think in one dimension like you know it's like they almost have the power um, of going drinking videos that they never existed on our platform and I, I think it's wrong but at the same time like they are private owned companies i mean a lot of people say it's literally all about the freedom of speech and all that but a lot of it's to do with the advertisers and what they're going to pay you for like advertisers don't want to give someone money for content they don't agree with. So in the end, it's mostly just about money, like everything else, you know, money, money. That's like Twitch, right? All these policies they keep bringing in about, um, I know PogChamp got taken down because the face of PogChamp, apparently he's a Trump supporter or something like that. And it's been there for years. Anyway, um, so they started having random people once a week for this emote. And of course, they ended up having someone who was gay and black. And then obviously dickheads in the chats were like saying racist shit. Um, and like the ripple effect, right? They, like when companies make decisions, they never like tell people in advance or give a warning or say, look, the reason why we're doing this, they just do it. Mm. And then like, it doesn't matter about the consequences. So I think a lot of it's just to do with money and advertisers. Mm -hmm. I think the whole social side of it for a lot of them is, is, is a cover story. It's just, we want all the money. Yeah. Money talks. You know, the problem with, um, again, like, I'm all for diversity, but it's like it doesn't need to be rammed down my throat and you're just doing it for the sake of doing it rather than like just cracking on and letting things just naturally occur. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, we don't have this, so let's throw it in there and like let everyone see it and we're so great. And people are kind of just like, right, why are you jamming this down my throat? Like... Take a step back, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I, I think a problem is people get too hung up on one thing. Mm. Um, like you want to make progress of like social issues, 
and you keep dragging up the same argument. It's like you they never discuss how it would how they could fight it or improve people's ideas of other people. It's always this is what someone said, I'm gonna get outraged and leave it at that. It it yeah. never improves, it never like progresses. It just you're stuck in the same argument of I don't like what you said, so I'm annoyed and I don't like you. Mm. And now I'm going to try and silence you. You know? Yeah, which but, is... Go on, sorry. No, I was just saying, but all of this, it, it just goes in circles. It, there's no... To be honest, I don't care how controversial this sounds. Just don't talk about it, maybe, a lot of the time. Don't make a big thing out of it because people... You know what people are like? You rise to the bait and then they'll just be even worse about it. Yeah. Like it's a they're all concepts, right? Like people that are racist, people that are prejudiced against anything, right? If you give them the attention they they crave, because a lot of them are just doing it for attention, you just make things worse. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah, and and I, on that point as well, it's like again like it's good to be inclusive and it's good to have this platform and for people to be able to talk and for you to be able to show like the diversity that you have but then it gets to a point where you start silencing other people's views that you know mm. I'm and I'm talking people in the middle not you know hard racists or anything like that yes they should be silenced and they should be banned and and that should become like been taken off, but we've got into a place now where if you just say, "Oh, you know, I I liked some of Donald Trump's policies because when I looked into what Donald Trump's administration done, you know, I I, I was pretty shocked. Like it was some good stuff. People are like, "Oh, you white supremacist, you neo-Nazi," and it's like, "Hold on a minute!" And then suddenly you're being blocked by Twitter and taken off Facebook and blocked by youtube and it's kind of like how does that work like how by silencing me how am i going to get educated you know and that's uh, well, the problem a weird concept. silencing someone on twitter doesn't change what they said or how they feel mm. they'll just go to their friends or their local bar or their family and talk about it with them and maybe they will have similar ideas or maybe they'll dismiss them and say you're being ignorant or but it's it's like tribal, I guess. Like you're either one side or the other. You can't be in the middle. Yeah, which and I think is wrong. Fight for us or be against us. Yeah, and and that's and I the think thing. That's like, hey, no, and that's the thing. I agree with. Like, there needs to be a middle. It, there shouldn't be a you know left and right, and a, you're either with us or against us. You either agree with us or shut up. Like. No, there needs to be yeah. an educational standpoint. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, to quote on. Pink Floyd, mate, together we stand, divided we fall. I say, uh, I like that that Floyd plug there. I'm assuming you're a yeah. fan. A little bit. <laughs> a little yeah. Bit. Um, yeah, but I mean, dividing people is well. Just look at the world. Look at history. Like it's never worked. No just makes more trouble. Like I get this extreme people out there and some people are just unbearable to be around, but 
why not just try and bring people together but they don't you know what i think's funny when i like literally this has just hit me like in the brain um and i could be wrong but um if you look at it from a standpoint of the divide and conquer um the rich people and i'm talking globally they all seem to be pally pally and friendly friendly and get along and then us like middle class and lower class it's like the stuff that gets pushed down the barrel becomes like where we all start getting divided and going crazy and it's just like these billionaires and millionaires just seem to be just cracking on like i don't care whatever like oh, i'll get on with him for a business deal and i'll make money off him and whatever and i'm kind of like even the politicians do you know what i mean like left and right you know labor uh, conservative whatever like they all look like oh yeah we've got different policies but then at the end of the day they're all still going to their little bar together smoking their cigars together chatting in the back rooms together all fine and yet we're then arguing as normal people about where we stand and being divided yet they're all kind of coming together in parliament behind closed doors to make rules and decisions it's it's weird it it makes me think of uh the class system, you know, like in this country, you've got upper class, middle class, lower class, or it's not really something people say a lot anymore, but it's still, it's still judged that way, right? If, if some girl was attacked or murdered, they'd be like, she was a middle class woman from London, uh, you know, upper class, whatever. And I don't know if you've noticed, but if, if a tramp was murdered, right, they wouldn't be treated with such attention and kindness as say someone who was from a wealthy family you know oh she was from uh, buxton house upper class uh, connections to the duke whatever yeah i think the class system is very much still a thing and i think people still treat someone based on where they live what they do for a living and their education you know and i think it boils down to that yeah, sadly, like, we still live in that kind of element of societal programming where it is like, oh, you're upper class, so, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, toffee. Yeah, you know, and, like, even um, as guys that, you know, would go out dating or whatever, it's like, oh, should I approach that girl? Oh, she seems a bit too upper class. Like, you know, I'm from wherever, you know, and she's from up there, so... Maybe we shouldn't mingle in those social circles. And then there's a the few guys that don't give a fuck, you know. They're like, yeah, I'm just going to bowl it over there, be like, you're right, and usually get shot down. Yeah. But you get the gist. Yeah. Like, even as a society, we're so programmed to like look at people in a certain way, even like skin colour and so on. Like We look at people in a certain way, and, and they have to, there has to be... Those barriers have to be broken down, you know. Not, not everyone. Like, you know, skin colours are relevant to me religion irrelevant like i don't really care you i just see you as a person but we definitely judge people you know like we'll look at a homeless person and be like oh yeah he just wants money for alcohol and drugs like not actually truly understanding why he may be homeless you know what's the backstory there oh yeah yeah my prejudice and all that like i think i think it's part it's part of the human condition i think it's it, we still need to evolve I think there's still like a, 
prehistory fucking part of our brain that's still animal and tribal and anything that's like threatening in any sort of way whether it's intellectual or physical or financial we just we, we'll just judge it you know yeah. based on like some irrelevant uh property that they have like their skin color or you know whether they whether they're fucking massive and muscly or whether they're small and like you know just how you perceive a threat it all goes back to like i don't know our dumb brains like we need to evolve yeah i mean um and the problem is we can only get there through conversations and education and that's yeah. kind of being stripped away and just shut up by social media and all that stuff i mean like the black lives matter movement i spoke to a few people you know privately through inbox and they were one side i was the other you know based on stuff i looked at based on stuff they've looked at so i was like educating them on some points they were educating me on some points and then we found the middle ground and it was like this is a good thing we're both now a little bit more enlightened about this situation how can we yeah. help it how can we stop it from going on do you know what i mean and it's like if we can't have those conversations, how are we ever going to better ourselves and better our brains from a learning standpoint for how we perceive things? Because we're just most humans resort to violence, whether it's verbal or physical. Yeah, and that's the, the, the shameful part of society, I think, to an extent. It's just like, oh, you're you know, dating my ex-girlfriend, so I'm going to beat you up because I'm bigger than you. And it's just like, okay, that makes no sense whatsoever. You know, it doesn't, it isn't going to change anything. <laughs> or, oh, you support it's Trump. It's about control. Yeah. But it doesn't change no. anything. Like, oh, you support Trump. Oh, you support Biden. Let's riot and, and punch each other up. Like, well, I, there'll still be Trump supporters and, like, I'll... I'll still be a biden supporter like whatever it doesn't matter like because i'm wired the way i'm wired educate me instead that's, of physically attacking it. me if there was no laws mate people would just kill someone just because they didn't like the taste of the sandwich they made or something uh, you man know? can i say that <laughs> yeah just just uh the mate, and it doesn't help that some people are genuinely crazy mm. You know, there's there's some people out there that are just of a different mindset. I mean, um, off on another topic randomly, because we spoke about Elden. Well, I mentioned Elden Ring earlier, and your Reddit post. Um, and I just want that game, man. I'm, I mean, how long? Mate, I need. Wait? Yeah, I need a. I need another From Software game because. They're like my favourite games, and I can put hours into them and enjoy them. They just they just nail exactly what I want. Mm. And uh, what I was used to with their games is when I got into them, and then you got into them. Is Dark Souls Three came out probably a couple of months after. Yeah, and then obviously we bummed it for like a year and a half. <laughs> Fifteen times complete. <laughs> yeah. And then by the time, um, you know, we were dead and done with that, then uh, Sekiro come out. And that was great, but, you know, it was single player. And once you played it once, there wasn't really much else to do. It was 
just a wow, you know, a one bang type game. Um, and then you really expected like, well, the next their next game will come out in a year because they've been doing a year a game. And then they, they announced this like their most ambitious sort of semi-open world Elden Ring, like Zelda-like dungeons and shit. One trailer, and that's that. No one knows anything since. June 2019. Give me more, man. That Zelda dungeon aspect, you know, an open world. Just please, please be... And the thing is, right, I'm hyping it up in my brain, but I know it's going to be good. I just know it's going to deliver, unless it's going to do a cyberpunk, which I haven't really played, so I can't have too much opinion on it. Funny you bring that up. I've got something to say with in regards to that as well on Elden Ring. Yeah, go on. I say... I at least respect from software for not bullshitting and hyping it up. They haven't said anything because they know either it's not ready or they just they know it's good enough that when the time is right, they can show you the finished game. You know, that's what at least they don't bring out trailers and they're like, Yeah, you can do this, you can do that, and then you play the game and it's 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 all gone. <laughs> you know? Empty promises, man. Empty those those empty promises. It cracked me up watching the um, YouTube, mate. You said do my head in, like, watching those trailers and feedbacks and stuff. It used to just look awful. Like I was like, oh, cyberpunk. It... Yeah, I yeah. was like, is this game really? Like, what are you rendering this with? Like, and then it's YouTube. Like, four footage, mate. We're gonna look like um, pixelated. Uh, people mate by, by the time this gets on youtube like you're, we're going to be unrecognizable why don't um I, I don't know if you want to do this but check out crow crow b cat he's just put up a cyberpunk video if you want to put it up and you you can see some of the really bad glitches and bugs and performance issues it had crow b cat um yeah. i don't know how i would even Pop that up on my screen, mind. I don't know if you can share screen on your end once it's up. You can try it out because you're uh, hosting. I think if you get it up and then when you click share screen, it'll own, it will allow you to just share that one page. Yeah, check sure. it out. Cyberpunk, please don't uh, demonetize this great episode of podcast because we're no, showing a few glitches. <laughs> Even if they did, it don't matter. I don't make no money. <laughs> nah, but they won't. Uh, I'm sure they won't do that. If I do have a wealthy listener, though, or someone who's really wealthy that stumbles across this, feel free to check out my Instagram and uh, email me via the email address on there, the jbpodcast at gmail.com, with a large sum of money that could change my life. Um, I'd be very happy and very grateful, and... I promise that probably by the time I'm 70, I might pay it back. Might. Just shilling myself out there, really. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, right, I think if I work this out right, I'm just going to remove myself. And... Yeah, cool, right. I've got a big screen here. I don't know if you were here audio, though, were you? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think audio is going to come through. What the hell? 
Yeah, I mean, I saw some glitches, but I was pretty lucky with my playthrough. But some of these glitches, mate, are awful. <laughs> oh, it's cyberpunk. You can fly the cars. I'm sure that's uh, run surprisingly well, yeah. Oh, I can hear some audio obviously coming through your TV. Well, you can hear it coming through my TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, really, the fact of the matter is with this game is they straight up lied. I straight up lied. Yeah. That's the only like logical like, conclusion you can come to. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's ready. It's like, man, it's, it's not, it's not. It reminds me of um, No Man's Sky. But it was to like, be oh, honest. of course, you can, uh, you can play multiplayer. You can meet people on the other worlds. Yeah, yeah, they bullshitted. Um, to be honest, though, No Man's Sky, like, even though I don't like the game in general, like, it's come back with, like, a fuck ton of content all for free. Mm. Like, they've turned it around and people really enjoy it now. But, Which is what needs to be done, really, when you when you fuck up that badly. That's what they need to do with that game. They need to update it constantly until it's got shit that works and it's got actual stuff to do. But, um, yeah, mate, I don't know. People get greedy, right? Um, money, money, money. Yeah. Should we um, take All a five-minute break? Yeah, mate, all right. Uh, what I'll do is I'll mute the audio and put the BRB screen on. So for those of you that want to, who are listening to this, sorry if it's loud in your earphones, um, skip five minutes ahead. It will go past the BRB screen. The same for those watching on YouTube. Um, cool. Let's uh, get it done. come back is I'm going to use the uh, pause button instead so hopefully this is going to work and we are back live and recording after that a little break uh, for anyone that didn't know I didn't realize you could just pause the recording rather than doing a BRB screen so I thought we'd go for that so 
sorry if you've skipped ahead five minutes and that hasn't been the case um but we're back now so deal with it and if you don't like it turn off your station throwing <laughs> it to the mike tyson for that we haven't spoke about it a, uh, a lot i know we did earlier um mcgregor dustin poirier any views at all I know you're not massive into the UFC, but I know you like your combat sports. Well, uh, personally, I don't want McGregor to win. Like I said to you before, I think he's a twat. I don't care how good he is, so I want him to be beat. But that said, based on stuff I saw, stuff I heard from you, probably McGregor's got a high chance of winning. Mm. You know? Yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, we can sit and criticise McGregor, and rightfully so, and people, I think, are very quick to forget that he smacked an old man in the face in a pub or through through a dolly trolley at a bus um, that people were on, you know, and he was obviously going through whatever he was going through in in his life, um, which doesn't make it acceptable at all. Um, excuse me. Um, so if you have to judge a guy on merit, like you know, he's done some shitty things. I think but the he's UFC, a goose, right? yeah, the UFC is quite quick to forget about it. I mean, I can't remember who said it. Um, some MMA journalist or someone said, like, Conor McGregor's the Muhammad Ali of the UFC, you know, and I'm like. i'm like huh like in in what aspect here like are we talking just competitive in the in the in the ufc world then maybe you know he's the first person to become a double champ in the ufc he makes the money he has all the quotes of wisdom and he brings in the fans and the pay-per-view maybe but in real life in real world i don't i don't buy it i don't buy it well, for one, Ali was interesting to watch. If you like someone who's an obnoxious twat, you like McGregor. That's all he is. Like, he's mouthy. Like, yeah, with, with words. Never words. anything intelligent coming out of his mouth. Well, that's the thing. Like, he, he spouts these words of wisdom. And again, like, fair enough. But, like, I don't feel like you practice what you preach. Do you know what I'm saying? all this kind of I'm humble and respectful and you know I'm ready to fight he says he's humble but he he tries to portray that image doesn't he to an extent like you know to be calm and respectful and I just think to myself like you know I I mean it doesn't get spoke about enough um, and it was something that was picked up in the Khabib um, press conference that I picked up and it was like him offering a drink to Khabib, and obviously Khabib's Muslim, doesn't drink alcohol, and he's like calls him a, a backwards cunt or something like that. And I'm just like, you're basically trying, you're insulting the dude because of his religion there, like his religious faith. Like, it's not a cool thing to do, man. Do you know what I mean? I don't see how how like when you call when he calls him a backwards cunt, Khabib a backwards cunt. I don't see what he's trying to achieve there or any other way of looking at that other than it was kind of like a religious dig, like because you're muslim and you don't drink alcohol you're a backwards cunt 
Why not just why not just not say anything at all? Why not just let the fight speak for itself? Mm. Instead of going on and on and acting like a dickhead. Yeah, I mean he's played my game mind games before with like Jose Aldo and he knocks him out in like fourteen seconds and so on. And it's worked. But in that one, oh did he light a fire that he didn't he couldn't put out. He didn't he lit a fire he couldn't put out with Khabib. Yeah. All that, all that did with Khabib was just go, oh, I'm just gonna smash and maul you and, and destroy you and obviously there's that potential for the second fight which you know, I've even said I'm interested in seeing just because I've seen how Conor McGregor's come back from defeats when he lost to Nate Diaz and then got the second fight. But yeah, I well, know. I just, I just don't see anyone beating Khabib, Khabib anytime soon, and definitely not McGregor. If they want yeah. to do a number two purely for the money, fine, but. I just, I'm going to say the end result will be Khabib will go up 30, you know, against McGregor. Mm. Yeah, but I mean. I'll tell you what, I'd like, I'd like Poirier to beat Khabib, no, beat McGregor, and I'd like to see Khabib versus Poirier. Yeah. Because I, I could root for fight. both of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard not to, it's hard to dislike Dustin Poirier. I like this, I like Dustin Poirier, and obviously, you know, I've, Countlessly, I'm still trying to get that retweet for me. Just calling him the the Channing Tatum of the UFC world, and I will get it one day. Whether it's from this clip, so I'm going to say it. Dustin Poirier is the Channing Tatum of the UFC world, and he's trained by. Yeah, he does look like him. He's trained by Phil Deroux, and obviously, I like Phil Deroux. We've met him over here in England. One of the best uh, coaches in MMA, in my opinion. Um, and he's obviously got his own sports centre and he's got a lot of athletes going there. Steffi Cohen, um, who I've had the honour of hosting on the podcast. Um, you know, Marine Shea, who works with him as well. I've had her on the podcast. Um, and there's so many great people at his sort of academy and his institution and his, his sports centre um, that he's training right now. And I think that he's slowly now getting the recognition he deserves through mainstream channels. Um, you know, he's had a big segment covered from him and Dustin on ESPN for this McGregor fight, which I tweeted him about and just said, you know, it's good to see you on the big screen again, you know, getting more exposure. Because I think he deserves it. He's, the guy's got such good knowledge and such a strong work ethic. And you can see it with Dustin, you know, even in that Khabib fight. It's like... Yeah, the guy, like, Khabib tired him out. Khabib did Khabib stuff. But when you look at Dustin's other fights, you know, with Dan Hooker, where they went five rounds, like, recently, you just think, what a tank. You know, I don't, I wouldn't want to fight him, basically. Yeah, man. I totally agree with you. But I think um... that, that Dustin rematch with Khabib, that would be cool. I think that's the, the fight to make. Um, just for styles, I think Dustin would probably deserve a second shot at Khabib, and I think he causes him some of the most trouble. That's true, though, yeah. I think, um, I don't know, UFC's been more interesting the past year or so, probably post-COVID as well, than, than boxing right now. Boxing's been a bit... 
I don't know. It feels like they're holding back all the good fights because of, of ticket sales. Mm. And it's kind of getting like, you need to just accept how it is at the moment and get on with it. But, you know, a lot of back and forth, a lot of, uh, will they or won't they? I mean, obviously the Fury, the next Fury fight is going to be massive, but I thought by now they would have decided what's happening. Like, whether they were going to, you know, supposed to be Wilder free. They could have had it by now, mm. technically. And then we could be talking about the grand finale. AJ Fury, which I think Fury wins. Personally, I'm a massive Fury fan. So I, I think he, he gets no, the I win over Fury Joshua. Win, mate. Yeah. I, think I mean, AJ's good, but I think Tyson's just on another level. Yeah. Boxing as well, like mm-hmm. right now, is is in a weird, I agree with you, in such a weird stage because, I mean, credit to the UFC and Dana White, like, he makes the fights happen and he, you know, yeah. it's like three months, four month wait and this fight's happening. But you've got so many fighters fighting and he's making the yeah. fights happen. Like, so you've got Connor, Dustin, and then the week after, you know, you've got other fighters going on. And then next month we'll have Israel Adesanya fighting and then you've got Stipe and Francis Ngannou. And, and it's just like, you're making the fights that the fans want to see, but also they're the correct fights, and you're just going with it and paying them and, and making it happen. Whereas in boxing, we're kind of just it just feels stagnant, like nothing is happening. Um, I know AJ took that Ooh. fight and he took a massive pay cut because obviously they didn't have no ticket on the gate. Yeah, but that's that. Unfortunately, that's the world we're living in. Like the sport shouldn't stop. I mean, it's getting so bad that you've got you know, Logan Paul that's doing an exhibition match with Floyd Mayweather and they're making tons of money. And you're like, why are YouTube stars? You know, because that's what he is, a YouTube star, fighting one of the best professional boxers ever. Like, I'll just... You answered your own question with that one, mate. Yeah, I don't get it. And if Floyd Mayweather doesn't knock him out, like, within one round... It's just embarrassing and definitely will be another scripted fight, just like McGregor Mayweather was definitely scripted. Yeah, I mean, I have zero interest in that, mate. I've never... It it, it reminds me of, like, celebrity boxing fights, Mm. you know, where it's just all for a charity or for a laugh. I just... I couldn't care less. But I do feel like... Why are the top heavyweights only having one fight a year? What's that all about? At least have two, like every six months have a fight. Like, why is it like once a year? Yeah, I think that shows the state of boxing though. Like the heavyweight division, you know, it's exciting. But you are only having one fight a year. And I just, I'm like, we need two, two or three, like heavyweight big fights that are going on with the people that are, at the top, you know, like Dillian White, White uh, Dillian White, Wilder, Fury, Joshua. Like, why are these guys not fighting each other? Like, what what is going on? Like, realistically, White should be fighting Wilder, and then whoever wins out of that should have a crack at Joshua versus um, Fury. Obviously, White has now got to fight uh, Povetkin because he got starched by him. And we'll see. Yeah. Has, uh, has there been any news from Wilder? 
I haven't seen anything, mate, other than those conspiracy theories with balls in the glove and indents in the head and problems with the shoes yeah. and just, you know. I mean, Teddy it's Atlas... Funny, I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that indent when I watched it again. Yeah. And Teddy Atlas, the thing is, he, he covered a lot of these, like, conspiracy claims, you know, and, and kind of debunks them because he explains the process of boxing because he understands it. You know, he understands that the gloves are checked by a person in you know when they go in the gloves are checked then the signature gets signed by the other person's camp whatever the ref checks them you know even the night before how they get put with the commission now like to be kept safe like they're not touched by anyone and those are the gloves that are going to be used and they get put on the fire if it was that easy to cheat like that it would have happened so many times exactly you know um, and also, why the hell would Fury risk? Why it just—it's just not something I could see the man even considering, personally. Yeah. Especially after you that know, first fight. Eh? Especially after the first fight and the, the the result he got after being two years yeah. off. Yeah. Why would he need to? Yeah, I find that? I just think it's uh, a bitter man with bitter rumors. You know, just. I mean, he acted like Fury stole his wife. Mm. It's like, look, Wilder, you lost because your actual game is the same shit every time. Mm. You rely on that punch. If you ain't got that, you've literally got nothing else to give. Yeah. And that's that. And we've seen that knockout power. I mean, I hate the Americans, how they're like, you know, Joe Rogan's criminal for this. Deontay Wilder's the hardest hidden heavyweight we've ever seen. Ever in oh, boxing history, I, I'm like, I, no. I always say, look at George Foreman's fights, and you tell me how hard he hits. You know, just doesn't even look like he's putting effort in. Oh, even mate, even Rocky Marciano, how hard he hit. Like, I just, I just, yeah, he hits hard, but he ain't, he ain't nothing new. Mm. But because yeah. that's all he has got, it's it's more emphasised. You know, because that is how he got to where he was. He just knocks everyone out because he's got some like weird strength. But it's not. I don't care if he's he's a hard hitter. It's how you do it. It's the showmanship, the style, and he ain't got none of that. Boring to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to. I always like to add this in there when I'm talking about combat sports. It's easy for us to sit and talk about it than to be in the ring and and do it. But these are pro professional athletes who should be, should have more to their game. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know any more than his coaches know. All I know is what I see, and all I see is that, you know, that right hand looping, looping shots, you know, and I'm just like, where's your, where's your boxing? Where's your hiding that punch? You know, you need to hide that shit. It's, it's easy to read. Yeah. You know, slip. All that stuff, like, and it's fair enough, like, maybe that is the fighter he is and that's how he's got to where he's got and, you know, the money in the bank makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it doesn't help he fought bums, though. A lot of them, I'm yeah. not being funny. You look at his resume and he fought some shit. Like, name me someone who was great that he's beaten. Um, Luis Ortiz? Dominic Brazil, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> nah, fuck Dominic Brazil, man. Um, 
All right, so Luis Ortiz, there's one. He's had, what, 41 fights? Excuse me, I just farted. Sorry to anyone who just heard that. Tell you what, let's bring up his record. Yeah, let's have a look. Are you going to pop, pop it up live, yeah? Yeah, it can do. I'll get rid of my screen when you're uh, sharing again. Yeah. Wikipedia is the best place, right? No, go on a uh, box rec. On what? Box rec. B O X R E C. And then you should find uh, Wilder on there. And it comes up when you scroll down with like the L for the losses and the W's for the wins. But might I might surprise myself. I can't say I've watched all his fights, so you know. Let's have a look. Lovely. Right. Let me get rid of myself. <clears throat> so, back in 2008, his first professional fight. I don't know what has a question mark by it. I assume that's... I've got no idea. Maybe you can hover over it and see if it says anything. No. no. Whatever. It's on there, so I'll count it. Um, Ethan Cox, Shannon Gray, Richard Green, Joseph Rabot or Raboti, I don't know what that is, Charles Brown, Kelsey Arnold, Travis Allen, Jerry Vaughan, Ty Cobb, Alvaro Morales, ringing any bells yet? No. Dustin <laughs> Nichols, Shannon Cole. Cadell, Cordy, whatever, Harold Sconiers, Dan Sheehan. Check a record of one of these guys. 47 about. 18 wins, 27 losses. Yeah. Reggie um, Penner. I'm just looking for someone that's actually well known because the majority of this is the US division and I'm not super familiar. No, I can't claim I am either. So, yeah, I mean, Owen Beck there, 29 wins, 10 losses, is probably a difficult, um, you know, a difficult fight for him that he picked up. The same as uh, Marlon Hayes, 23 for 10. David Long, 11 for 1, 17 for 3. But then again, like we're not going to go into checking their records because... They probably thought, you know. Well, I'm just, I'm just looking for someone elite, you know, someone who you could drop their name and everyone knows who they are, or yeah, sort of a household name, like George Foreman. Get that Foreman grill. <laughs> I've heard of Eric Molina before. Yeah, he's um... 23 and two, and then Joe, Johan Duhalpus, 32 yeah. and two. Um. But I don't know, it's irrelevant, whatever. I'm just saying, like, here we are, Luis Ortiz, Tyson Fury, Dominic Brazil, Luis Ortiz, Tyson Fury. So I'd say that his most noteworthy fights were in 2018 and up. Yeah. I mean, if... I do not know... Huh? If we were educated enough, there's probably... I mean, Audley Harrison's on there. He's not... Well, I mean, he is pretty piss poor, but... It's um, 
and there's probably about six fighters in total that he's full that are big names out of the 42. All right, fair enough. Maybe I'm wrong about some of them. I ain't got time to look into all of them and see what their legacy is. But on the whole, his legacy, I'm, I'm just saying, like, he's fought a lot of people no one even knows. Mm. And yeah, oh, he's knocked them all out. But what has he got to his name that will be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. He no, hasn't, he hasn't beaten Tyson Fury. And I draw, which is arguably, you know, you could argue that. But I'm just doing armchair boxing here, so. Yeah. Don't know. I just. He's. he's is that the best the US division has to offer, basically? Yeah, the I think US, US heavyweight division has gone down in, in stock, definitely. Um, Was I mean, Ruiz the US division or the Mexican one? He was Mexican. Right. I think, anyways. God knows. I don't know, mate. He's Mexican, that's all I know. <laughs> um, but well, I'm looking forward to Fury, Fury Joshua, just to add that in there. I think there's rumours yeah, yeah, that they totally. might have it in, um, they might have it in Saudi. Probably. Yeah, because I, I think, I don't know, so I can't, 100% quote this, but I think their COVID restrictions are a little bit different to ours, which means they can, you know, get a gate for, for the fight, um, which is extra money for them, and then they'll probably put a, an extortionate price on the pay-per-view, but, you know, who's not going to buy it? That's, that's the be- biggest fight in British boxing history, really, probably since Lennox Lewis, and how bad is it? Frank Bruno. In my opinion. Well, I mean, yeah. I think also because let's say when it does happen, we're not in lockdown anymore, so people can go around each other's houses. Um, there's probably going to be a lot more people that are willing to go to their mates and chip in and watch it on TV than go to the pubs now or mm. go to, you know, or even go there and buy a ticket. Like, there's going to be a lot of people watching it at home. Yeah, and um, I mean, if, if you don't like it, Leave. Turn off your station. <laughs> Turn off your station. Um, yeah. No, I agree, and and it's a funny one. Like I think that needs to be made for for this summer, and they need to just decide where it's going to be. I don't think boxing fans are necessarily bothered where it's going to be. However, if they know they can sell out Wembley Stadium, ninety thousand ste- uh, seats, which they can, it's a very that's a lot of money that they're losing, a lot of money. But at the same time, sometimes you've got to think about the sport and how much money is too much money, you know? Like, if you can get 20 million and 30 million for your fight, just take it and, and go fight without the fans. Like, do you know what I mean? Rather than, I know, like, we're yeah. talking extortionate yeah. amounts because they're going to make 100, 110 million, you know? Big money. I'm going to put it out there and could be wrong, but I don't think, unless it's in December, it, it won't happen this year. Mm. It won't be in the summer. I can't see it happening. I think even with the vaccines out now and they said by the spring, we might be able to relax restrictions a bit and hospitality may open up, but I ain't seeing 
I don't think open sport venues with crowds are going to be until next year. Yeah. It's shit, man, the times we're living in, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. Um, We've been going for an hour and seven minutes. Is there any other topics you would like to run through? I'm not tired at all. I'm not bothered. I've just run out of topics to cover at this moment. Um, yeah, I've got one more thing, and then I head off, mate. Um, yeah, Twin Peaks. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know anything about it going into it. I just heard it was one of those shows everyone's watched, and it had a, like a big influence on shows of today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I watched the first season and really enjoyed it, but I'd say the biggest hurdle with the first season is it was made in 1990, and... You know, you can tell, but uh, do you know what? It's so hard to explain this show without spoiling stuff. <laughs> Basically, a girl gets murdered in this town called Twin Peaks, which, which is in uh, Washington State in America. And they send an FBI agent in to investigate it, um, Agent Dale Cooper. And uh, it's, it's a really, like weird show like people act really strange and there's like a few normal people but there's like they're really quirky and there's just this mixture of like humor uh really really scary shit uh the acting's pretty decent but it's intentionally campy and it's basically it's kind of mocking like soap operas of the time Mm. That makes sense. Like the actors were told to act over the top and stuff. Um, it's when people watch it and they're like, what the fuck is this? This is shit. It's like, well, it's intended to be like that. But anyway, I can't talk about the plot. I can't say nothing because that's spoiler king. But it was worth watching season one and two and then the film, Fire Walk With Me, and then season three was just like, insane i loved it but it was like insane like you know we always talk about being able to predict stuff and cliches and tropes yeah this show had none of that i didn't know what was gonna happen and some of the shit that happened mate was either fucking hilarious or terrifying and uh okay. yeah it's just up there for me now i get why people love it so much and do you know what it's a show you'd either really like it or you'll really hate it. There's, I can't see there being an in-between. Mm. Like if you watch the first episode and you're like, this is shit, you ain't going to like the rest of it. So, it's the, um, but, Do you have to watch the seasons to watch the film? Like, Does it all carry in? Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Like Season one and two, then the film, then season three. Okay. Um, I didn't if you watch the film, film without watching the seasons, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. I'm always yeah. interested by um by TV because one, you know me, I love a binge. Sopranos, yeah. Breaking Bad, all of that. Um, can't help myself. And two, there's something with TV series is that you don't get with films. And that's I think the difficulty with TV shows is consistency. 
to yeah that, that. and i think the attachment to characters as well mm. like you get to know characters over a long period of time and like you you get in a, in a connection to those characters rather than a film where you've got an hour and a half to you've got an hour and a half for the film to make you feel something for these people yeah and if you look at the great uh cinema films you know lord of the rings even the marvel films that people rant and rave about they yeah. all seem to have this kind of obsession with the characters because it's been built up over such a long period of time so for example yeah. you know end game like 10 years in the making of like the iron mans and the captain americas and this big thing that was gonna unveil and that's kind of like what tv shows do over seasons and i i it's like it, it's such a hard thing to achieve i think which is why you know you get the average tv shows that are just on and then you get these great tv shows and you have to just sit back and appreciate them and go this is a masterpiece in what it's doing and I haven't seen totally, any of Twin Peaks, yeah. so maybe I'll watch the first episode and probably think it's shit. <laughs> that's maybe, maybe you will. I mean, when I first watched it, because I watched most of season one a couple of years ago and binned it off, and then I decided to watch it again. Um, and, yeah, like, totally worth it, like. I mean, it'd be good if you did and if you actually did like it because I'd have someone to talk about it with. So I don't know. I don't think I'd ever know anyone that's watched it, but there's definitely, like, especially the themes it explores and, like, the like the occult stuff and mm. without going into it, like, it's definitely touching on stuff that me and you have read and known about and looked into before. Without you wouldn't expect it from that show because it's played like a proper uh, drama, like a soap opera, which yeah. is people living their lives. But there's this horrible shit going on, you know. Um, because season one obviously is a product of its time. Like they they don't swear in it. It is violent, but it's very like you know it's 1990. When you get to season three. Obviously, they swear like anything, and the violence, mate, is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, just don't know, mate. In the soundtrack as well for season three, it was awesome. Oh. Like each episode, when it ended, they, there'd be this bar and they play a song. It'd be, always be a different band, and it was like Nine Inch Nails and stuff, and there's a really good soundtrack to it. But yeah, mate, like I said, it's in my top. I think Sopranos, The Wire. Twin Peaks, then Breaking Bad. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a bold statement to anyone. To if one person other than me and you listen to this. That's a bold statement. I mean, that's just how I feel about it, I think. I think what it offered me was something really different than what I've like Breaking Bad was great, but the, the premise of it is gangsters, drugs, guns, killing. You know, mm. it just happened to be a man who was a teacher who decided to say, fuck it. And the writing was great and the, the acting was great. But Twin Peaks offered me something that I'd never seen before in a show. Like the, the ideas, like the, 
the way the characters were like so different so weird like, i was just like it feels like something that hasn't been made before or since yeah um and it was directed by someone called david lynch i don't know if you've heard of him mm-hmm. he's made he's made quite a few films um but yeah mate yes yeah, up there for me yeah, if um, you've um, if you've still got the DVDs, I'll uh, I'll come around and get them off you at some point. Yeah, I've still got the DVDs, mate. Perfect. <laughs> well, they're Blu-ray actually. Are they? Yeah. I'll have to get the Blu-ray player out and, and blow that dust off, you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because season one's like ten episodes. Season two's like twenty-two, and then season three's eighteen. You didn't tell me that, Sorry. bro. Twenty-two episodes, and they're hour e- an hour each. Yeah, the first episode's actually an hour and a half. It's like a film. Yeah, and then you got the actual film, which is like two hours and fifteen. And then, yeah, mate, season three. I was just like, there was times I was watching it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know. Well, what a better way to um, to use lockdown than to watch TV shows that you haven't seen before, you know, or yeah. well-rated yeah. TV shows, like, because I assume it's it's rated well, you know, I know the name, but I've never even glimpsed it, to be honest, but I know it's, you know, I think it's ranked up there. Well, you know, we say, right, The Sopranos kind of started TV shows, like that quality went up. Mm. you know the sopranos was like the one that did it first but i think twin peaks is the original godfather of a tv show like that like that did it that was really the first thing in 1990 like they broke that because they like i said like when they made it they were mocking soap operas because that's all anyone watched back then yeah you know so when there's like a corny cheesy storyline they like ham it up on purpose you know, to like, say like did they do like deliberate yeah. csi stuff where like you know in, in csi like the guy turns up and he like takes off the glasses and he's like mate yeah, no it's weirder like... than that <laughs> but it's kind of like like the main character Dale cooper he's like an old-fashioned detective hmm. he even talks like a guy from like the 50s okay um, but yeah, it is, fundamentally, it's all about finding the killer of this girl. That's what the whole thing's about. Is it weird, like, the film Fargo, where they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. And no one's like, everyone's just honest, happy. Yeah, there are similarities with Fargo and that, as in it's, it's a place where these people live, and they're the only type of people that live there. Hmm. Like, like, like a weird town with weird people in it. Um, and there's a few normal people, like totally normal people, but they don't take any notice of the weird people because to them it's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a woman that carries around a log. Because. <laughs> but obviously, like, even though they're weird, there's, there's like purpose to them being like that. Yeah. I was um, going to start doing the, um, the James deal. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Face up Rocky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, let's oh. just do that for the yeah. next 20 seconds until oh. we're at a minute and 20. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, well, I'm, I'm watching gonna... Fringe now anyway. Like I said, I watched the first episode and I'm going to bear with it and see how it goes because everyone, like all the reviews are saying once you get to season two, it really picks up. So no, that's an we... hour each, 22 episodes. For the first season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't even touch on the expanse, but we will cover that on our um, on our next little get what, together, man. Why don't we talk about it when it's over? The expanse. Yeah. And if I can wait that long, mm. it'll be over uh, beginning of February. We can. Why is why no. is it getting cut so short? What's going on with The Witcher? Is that being released this year or not? Uh, this year, from what I've read. Probably. Probably Christmas. Yeah. Like last time. I have to start wishing away my life some more just so I can get there. <laughs> oh, I know Henry Cavill like broke his fanny or whatever it was, so. Yeah. Oh, the RTX. <laughs> yeah. Got one for Was nothing, didn't they? Going to your Witcher, a valley of plenty. I'm yeah. definitely never going to make it as a singer. But yeah, it's been um, it's been a good fun chat, man. We need to, we definitely need to do this more often, churn out some more episodes, and hopefully people have enjoyed listening to us talking. We've uh, barely scratched the surface on the conversations we can have and do have at some point um, involving the cults, conspiracies, TV shows, gaming, um, and all those other things that I've probably missed, sports and so on. Um, so yeah. If people enjoyed um, this podcast and this episode, give it a like, give it a share on some platforms, check out the JB podcast, underscore, underscore, where I'll be hopefully putting some clips up. And if you want to find Sean anywhere, um, good luck. Because <laughs> <laughs> he ain't really on social media. <laughs> no, it's um, all right. I don't need no one following me. No. Like that, Neville Horns, mate. Anyway, it's been a pleasure, bro. I'll uh, I'll chat to you off stream quickly, anyways. Yeah, right, mate.